Horizon is available for Thursday the 16th of November 2017 with me, Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, episode 189. I hope you're all well, keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. I hope your week has been good past the halfway point of the uh, current run of shows now. Much to my relief, I suppose. I love this show, but I just hate making it. I hate the process of making it. It is attritional. Two nights a week recording and editing, followed by two mornings a week prepping all these social media links that barely get retweeted. This is not a life. And also, I have less time to exercise now, and I can feel that. You know, I just feel very unhealthy at the moment. A little thing with the Oyster card uh, this evening, uh, the time of recording. I've noticed this actually, and I think it's related to the winter coat. Bear with me. So I've got that difficult hood. I find it very hard to uh, pull the bag strap over my head. So I usually have the strap on the left shoulder. There's no catch on that left shoulder. There's nothing to hold that strap in place on the winter coat. The strap's often sliding off. And I've noticed as I board buses, having tapped in with my weekly Oyster card, that as I then make my way up the stairs, usually the back stairs on the uh, new Route Masters, my bag will drop off my left shoulder. And as it passes the Oyster card reader, the Oyster card reader goes off. So it's happened a few times now and I'm thinking because I have my wallet in my bag and my bank card is in there and it's a contactless card and I never use contactless for travel. But I was worried that the Oyster card uh, reader was charging my bank card because this has happened, as I say, a number of times now. So uh, I got home this evening, checked the bank, went through the last few weeks of transactions and... uh, Nothing showing up, but uh, it was a concern, I can tell you that. So uh, anyway, that uh, minor issue uh, aside, let, let, you know, let's be honest about this. The whole show is about minor issues. So uh, you know, let's get straight into it. Uh, this is the show that sweats the small stuff because the small stuff does matter. Uh, the boiler finally gets fixed on Saturday. And uh, you know that is going to leave me absolutely skint, but I'm... I suppose I'm more concerned about the day itself, how difficult that's going to be. It's going to test my OCDs. You know, you've got a workman in the flat for a whole day. They're going to need to use the loo. It's a soft closed toilet seat. Do you go to the trouble of telling them this, showing them how the seat works? The seat doesn't always stay up as well. And obviously, if if they're looking to do something a bit more, let's say, in that bathroom, you can't do anything. They're there for the day. Where else are they going to go? So, uh, you know, it is really going to test my OCDs. I'm just looking forward to getting it out of the way, having a boiler that works, and then just getting back to the man next week and trying to, you know, rebuild the money. You know, there is such a massive divide in this country. And I've actually heard middle class people say there is no such thing as class anymore. There is. I've heard them say that this year. There is. The gap is getting bigger. You know, when the career came off the rails and I went back to the man after the Channel 4 deal went uh, tits up towards the end of the last decade and 
I was left, I think, with about £100 a month to survive on once I was paying London rents at that time. And uh, this is pretty much a similar story. This, in fact, I, I feel that this is the first time that I've been with the man, that I've given myself to the man where I'm not actually saving anything. I just try to give myself a cash flow every week for shopping and coffee and uh, the travel now since I've been busting it into work. That's it. The money never goes up. It never goes down. It's just a cash flow. That's all I'm doing, paying off debts. And, you know, I'm just one of many, many people in this city who are living like that, getting up at six in the morning. And at the end of that week, there's no improvement in your bank balance, which is why it's so important for me to retain that self-belief, that confidence in my writing, that belief that I can still come back. From this, because you know, this isn't a life, this isn't the way to live. Okay, first uh, bus journey of the week, Monday, 13th of November, 0831 hours correction. My second bus journey of the week, second bus journey of that morning, uh, descending from the upper deck of the northbound 88, predictably packed on a Monday morning, no chance of a seat before you get to Vauxhall. I boarded at South Lambeth as the bus pulled into Westminster in SW1. I noticed on my descent, well, I suppose I'd have to call them a colleague, but we've never uh, spoken before. As I say, before the man relocated to the new uh, building, we all worked on different floors and different departments. But uh, now it's a smaller space, so you have various teams on the same floor and we're all encountering one another uh, for the first time and now becoming familiar to one another, you know, starting to recognise these faces. Now, I'm very good at recognising people, noting faces and remembering them. I think this show bears that out. This show wouldn't exist if it wasn't for for two things, you know, for for that uh, attention to detail and for the struggle. I mean, this show is about the struggle, really. And uh, I do like to keep a low profile. I, I find that I can slip below the radar just like this show pretty much and I find that I'm better at recognizing people and remembering people than they are at remembering me but at the moment I've got that problem that combination of the flamboyant hood fur and the yellow laces is making me unusually extrovert this year for an introvert you know the yellow laces if you remember because I've got uh, two sets of trainers because I'm currently trying to break in a new pair of orthopedic insoles given to me by the hospital. I'm almost there now. But uh, at the time, Monday, Monday morning, I was still wearing the yellow laced trainers. So I am uh, very distinctive at the moment. And uh, again, this was on the back exit of the 88. And I think they definitely noted me. They turned away on the lower deck when they saw me come down. And as soon as the bus pulled up at our stop, they sped off in uh, Westminster. Being a fast walker, listen to episode 176 uh, to hear all about that. I knew that I could take them, but I thought I'd let them race ahead, save any awkwardness, because I could relate to them not wanting uh, to engage with me, because I am, of course, exactly like that. If they hadn't clocked me, I think I'd definitely have made a stab at overtaking them. I've overtaken them before. I know I've got that ability to overtake them, but uh, this time I just let them 
move on ahead and get into uh, the man first. Actually, talking about flamboyant, and I can actually understand why someone's done this, because the uh, hangers provided at the uh, new building are fixed to the rails and keep breaking. They can't handle the weight of the winter coats. I myself, in just a fortnight, over a fortnight now, I've already broken three hangers. Of course, my winter coat uh, purchased uh, in October of last year is an absolute beast, even without the fur. It's a very heavy coat. Now, someone has either had enough of these hangers breaking or simply decided that the fixed hangers don't allow a winter coat to retain its shape, and they've brought in an impressive uh, wooden hanger. I can't see that it's been initialed, but I would imagine the team down the far end of our floor are aware that it belongs to someone because it's always the same coat hanging off it. I don't know if it's a hanger that goes in the locker at night. I don't know how that works. Of course, uh, back in uh, 20. 12, I took my own uh, wooden hanger into uh, the job where I first met the kid. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to leave my coat on the back of a chair because that does affect the shape of a coat. And uh, the hangers there, there weren't many, and the ones that were there weren't great, so I started bringing in my own hanger. And uh, I think more so the fact that I was leaving the hanger in my pedestal overnight probably marked me out as, um, I don't know, aloof. I don't know if aloof is the right word here, but it's certainly turned a few heads, the hanger. In this place, if I'm hanging my coat up and the coat either side of my coat suggests, either through smell or hair visibility that the wearer keeps pets, I take my coat off that hanger and look elsewhere. So I haven't brought in my own hanger to this place, but I have brought in my own Basics Range sponge to clean out my mug. This was noticed at the old building because they offer a sponge that's just used by everybody. You can't use a sponge used by everybody on your mug. You've got to bring your own sponge to clean that mug. I haven't been able to do that in the new building because there are more people and uh, the kitchen is now exposed so uh, everyone can see what you're doing. So I've got a bit of a problem there. I'm just wetting uh, paper towels, sticking a bit of fairy liquid on them and giving my uh, mug a quick uh, clean. I've noticed since the move that there's quite a bit of Botox on the floor now. I've run into a couple of uh, very not quite looking right women in there, older than me. They've definitely had some work done. They now look like they've joined the cast of Curb Your Enthusiasm where the cosmetic enhancements are the latest of what has been a, a disappointing series overall, a striking. I mean, there's been some real cosmetic work going on with the cast of Kirby and Enthusiasm since the show was last with us in around 2011. I often wonder, actually, if Kid Cop was being made now, how different it would look. Would the cast of Kid Cop have been susceptible to uh, cosmetic enhancements? Would we have been able to keep a limit on the Botox, for instance, and other such enhancements? If you look at my original co-star, Victoria Principal, if you look at her now, I mean, she just looks really, really odd. Of course, and I don't think she is anymore, but back during the show's uh, glory 80s era, she was dating and later married plastic surgeon. I think his name was Dr. Harry Glassman. I think it was certainly Glassman, the surname, and I think it was Dr. Harry Glassman. He always seemed a little jealous of our onset chemistry and was rumoured to be happy when she quit the show in 86 over her contract dispute because of this uh, supposed chemistry. Every time we were on a photo shoot for Kid Cop, us two being the principal stars, it was usually us being photographed. Uh, Dr. Glassman was always hanging around in the background. 
hovering. It was very awkward. Of course, it could be said that there was cosmetic surgery on Kidcott. We can't ignore the second of my five nose jobs took place in the autumn of 86, uh, just months after Victoria Principal had uh, left the show. Producers, understandably, were furious at the timing as uh, Sam Fox had just succeeded Victoria Principal. The show had entered a very rocky period and all of a sudden Sam and Al Waxman, the short fat lieutenant poached from Cagney and Lacey, they were having to carry the show in my absence. In my defence, I'd argue the 86 rhinoplasty wasn't done for aesthetic reasons. The doomed uh, 2005 wider nostrils, uh, done without my uh, approval by the surgeon, and the uh, 07 rhinoplasty, they came along years after the show ended. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available the other side of the midlife crisis ways to support the show. You can do all your Amazon shopping by clicking on the Amazon referral link at DanielRuizTyson.com. Amazon recognizes you've gone to them via the referral link on my site and kicks back a small percentage of uh, whatever you purchase back to my work at no extra cost to you. And of course, Christmas is coming up. That is the biggest opportunity of the year for the website to again start paying for itself. Please, if you can, do your Christmas shopping, uh, your Amazon Christmas shopping, that is, via the referral link at danielruistyson.com. Other ways to support the show, you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That really helps, as I said the other day. Rate and review, not just rate. Rate doesn't do anything for the show. Rate and review. Also, subscribing, whether via iTunes or the RSS feed or your platform of choice, again, that's another straightforward way to help. And perhaps you might even consider making a secure donation to the podcast via the PayPal link at danielruistyson.com. Let me just take a moment to say happy birthday to my old friend Mickey Boyd. His birthday uh, fell earlier in the week. Still the oldest looking 11-year-old I've ever met. First day at Clapham College, he looked like a man dressed up in a school uniform. You know Ralph Macchio, the original Karate Kid? He was 23 or 24 when he played the role. And uh, Ralph Macchio was meant to have a condition that kept him looking very young. And I saw a picture of him. From last year, the other day, I think he's 56, 57 now, and he could easily pass for 40, honestly. I think you know where this is going anyway. Mickey was like the reverse Ralph Macho. Great guy, powerful, big quads, modern man, but uh, he could never commit to us as a creative partnership, whether it was Mick and Dan on the ball from 86 to 88, the old school football magazine, uh, during which I famously ghost-wrote his cult column, The London Lad, to our old podcast, he just could not commit. I mean, here I am podcasting to one of the tiniest audiences out there. He should have been at my side enduring this ongoing audio humiliation. Before I go, uh, let's make a fleeting visit to the cafe. I don't think we popped in during episode 188. Uh, several incidents to report Friday, 10th of November, 0843. Hours, a couple arrived, I think the voice is going, a couple arrived, late middle-aged, very posh, possibly Australian. I think I have mentioned them before. Do you make porridge? Asked the man in a loud red polo top. Just for the shirt, I would have shown that gentleman the door. Orange? Asked Phil Collins, whose English, despite nearly two decades in the cafe, remains on a par with that of Spanish Carnus and my uncle's. Red polo top was utterly thrown by her response he was about to try again his wife stroke partner sensing it was futile and uh, looking to step in before her husband lost it simply ordered two coffees and portuguese 
toast. You can't get porridge in the cafe, but you can from 0800 hours get coffee and chips frequently ordered by Not Mick Fleetwood for breakfast. Saturday 11th of November 11.43 hours I was having breakfast with cafe legend future me the old man I once feared becoming until I actually got to know him years after first seeing him and uh, realised that with his frequent jazz concerts and uh, football uh, games that uh, he has a far better social life than me and I was sat with uh, future me we were having breakfast early Jim Rosenthal smirking like well, early Jim Rosenthal on the big match in the early 80s. Early Jim Rosenthal went uh, past our table, shook my hand as he made his way past. I was slightly thrown by the handshake. I mean, normally early Jim gives me a finger gesture, occasionally tapping his temple first, and he always gives me the smirk, of course. Or more commonly, we go for the over-familiar shoulder tap, which I think I instigated, and then he uh, maintained that. And I was pleasantly surprised, I should say, by the handshake and uh, disappointed in myself that I hesitated. He does remind me a little of my dad. Similarly, olive-skinned, a slight awkwardness in public that was often betrayed by shy smiles. Early Jim has that too. There's a, a definite aspect to him that puts me in mind of my dad, and I think my dad would have fulfilled a similar role in the cafe as early Jim. You know, would have known pretty much everybody there, would have been uh, equally comfortable, sat on his own or chatting to other regulars I think my dad probably would have been a bit of a barfly you know he was a shy man but he was also a raconteur that guy could talk and of course he sensed that I wasn't necessarily one for the big conversations early on in life and he'd always pull me up as well for my habit of looking at his hair other people do pull me up about that. Always say, is there something wrong with my hair? What's wrong with my hair? My dad was the uh, first one to do that. I think yeah Early Jim and my dad, lots of similarities there. Tuesday, 14th of November, 0823 hours. A woman, another long-time regular, looks like uh, the Blue Niles lead singer, Paul Buchanan. I'm sure she's got a mention on the show back in the radio era. Very posh, successful writer. A bizarro world version of me. She saw me uh, handing in my cafe reward card to get stamped on a Tuesday morning. It quickly became apparent that she'd never seen them before. At the bar, she asked me how long they'd had the uh, reward cards in the cafe. I told her, I think I first got one earlier this year, I said. So while writing-wise, she was a successful version of me, coffee uh, reward card-wise, I was a successful version of her. She wasn't happy. They've been keeping these from me, she said as they had from me earlier this year. I remember when I first saw the cards, I asked them how long they'd had them in the cafe because I was similarly put out and they sheepishly said three months. And I remember being disappointed because it would have been nice for them to have offered the cards to their best regulars rather than you having to ask them because you've seen other people getting mystery cards stamped. Before I leave you with a show looking like it's coming up a little short, uh, let me dip into our occasional feature, the Savaloy in Literature, the uh, highly seasoned sausage, uh, very much in favour in the 80s, very much out of favour these days on our chicken-dominated uh, streets, which I don't understand because technically it's easier to eat on the move. The Savaloy is easier to eat on the move than the chicken. But, uh, you know, I, I suppose it's the distinctive colouring that uh, has done for the Savaloy. But uh, here's the thing. The Savaloy, as a big reader, I can see that it has featured in a number of impressive works. And uh, from time to time, I give them to you 
as I find them this week. Emil Zola's the Rougeon Macart cycle. My French isn't too good. You really need uh, Mickey Boy to pronounce that. The Rougeon Macart cycle. I don't think my French pronunciation is very good. Um, so this is from Zola's uh, novel. Don't give me any Savaloy, she exclaimed. I don't like it. Very clear with that. Although, uh, you know, I read that and I thought, how can she not like Savaloy? If you're a keen reader, if your books ever cross paths with a Savaloy, arguably the lonely Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available of the Sausage World or Takeaway World even. Send your submission in DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk. I need the author, I need the passage. Uh, Savaloy's in literature in the subject header. Or you can tweet it uh, to at 1607westegg, hashtag Savaloy's lit. Uh, you can also post on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. And that is it. That is today's show. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend and do what you do well. You can only do your best. Thank you for listening. Shoulders back, people. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm back on Monday. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson. And this week, I have been available. Available.